0: Hey, I'm Reggie Brock, I'm a National Account Manager with Beacon Building Products, and you are tuned in to the Only Roofers Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Only Roofers Podcast. My name's Elizabeth and my co-host Vince here. Hi guys. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing someone you all may know, Reggie Brock. Welcome, Reggie, to Thank the show. Thank you.
0: Good to see you, and good to be with you. And you, this is the second time around in about a month. Played yeah. golf together. Played golf. I sure hope you're better at this I than don't, you were at that. I don't think I played golf. He's not. Golf. I'm He's pretty not. sure I, I drove got the it. golf cart and you played golf and I watched. <laughs> well, it was fun. I was a great spectator. I gave the <laughs> golf clap. I, I I did the great job. So it's not going to take much for this podcast to exceed my expectations no. after playing golf <laughs> no, no, with no. you. I got gotcha. you.
1: So uh, that's mainly because I'm doing it
0: exactly. <laughs> (laughs)
1: wow. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So uh, I have seen you for many years in the industry. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into roofing and your journey here.
0: I came out of college as a Biblical Studies major. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I was actually... I did not either. I went on the evangelistic field traveling, preaching yeah. for oh, that's why you're a good sales guy. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Selling the book. Yeah. <laughs>
1: my sermon, I gave my first sermon when I was five years old. Oh, really?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I wasn't quite that, but I grew up in a preacher's home, and so I just kind of thought that was going to be my life. Right. Went to college and got out and started traveling, and I had a divorce that kind of snuck up on me. And in my religion, in my denomination, you get divorced, you gotta find a new career. And so um, I found roofing. And wow. uh, the opportunity for me gave, I mean, it gave me a quick chance to make some quick money, which How is did what I need. How did you find roofing? Funny story, my nephew is a builder in Dallas. And mm. so we were living in Georgia, lost, I mean, literally our lives fell apart. And it's mostly because I made some really bad decisions. And so uh, we just, my wife was like,
1: what a great self-awareness.
0: Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it was Hindsight. backed by a lot of data. <laughs> There's a lot of data. Yeah, to support my notion. And so <laughs> we uh we my wife said, "Hey, why don't we move to Texas because that's where my family was from and my son at the time had not been able to spend a lot of time with them." So I'm like, "Well, we might, I mean, yeah, let's go." Lose. So we moved over there and I had no idea what I was going to do. None. And so my nephew who is again a builder came up to me and said, "Hey, uh what are you going to do?" And I said, I don't really know. He said, can I make a suggestion? I said, well, of course. He said, why don't you try roofing? And I looked at him (laughs) and I said this, it's not that bad yet. (laughs) And so he started talking to me about how much money these guys were making. And I'm like, well, I understand the insurance side of it. So maybe I can do this and it'll work out. And so I literally in 2010, yeah, I worked the first, there was a good storm in San, 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 San Antonio I went down there and literally started knocking doors, getting up on roofs that I didn't belong on. You
1: started as a door knocker? Yeah, as a door
0: knocker. Yeah. What? And now he's the the world famous Reggie Brown. Yeah, I'm just famous, really, to my own self. So I started knocking doors. First roof I ever sold, I got up there and didn't know what I was looking at damage. And all the guys, and he's a good friend of mine. Who trained you? (laughs) Brandon Smythe, if you watch this, (laughs) he owns a. Uh, Ken Elliott Roofing, and they got a great company, but he's like, dude, knock the door, tell them we're going to give them a inspection, hell came through, just the same stuff. Yeah. And then I did that, but I got the, I came off the roof and I told the lady, I'm like, I think there's damage up here. (laughs) Honestly, my training came from an adjuster three days later who came out and got up on the roof with me. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I mean... I was just being honest. I'm like I have no idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> so he took me on a 30-minute crash course on what damage was looking like and so no shout I out got to him. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Oh. Uh, but shout he, out to uh, but he Yeah, he helped <laughs> me shout with out that. To that and then when I got on the ground I knew what to do. I mean, I understood the policy and I understood directives and I understood all that. So anyway, that's how I got into roofing and then How long did you do that for? About 5 years. Were you any good? I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I got um, sold a bunch of roofs and uh, selling was not my problem. It's direction, (laughs) not (laughs) from somebody else. But what I wanted to do with my life, I was 50 years old. Wow. And I'm having to start over. Mm -hmm. Reinvent yourself. Yeah. And I knew what skills I had. I just didn't know the platform I was going to be able to utilize them on. Mm -hmm. And roofing just worked for me. How did you how did you reinvent yourself and have the courage to reveal? Because that's scary. Well, it is scary, but when you're desperate, you have to make yeah. decisions. There's no
1: other choice. I
0: had to pay bills. I mean, I had to I had to prove to my wife in particular and my son that it ain't over till I quit. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to quit. And I was going to rebuild this thing and we were going to come back financially. I just needed to find a quick cash opportunity yeah. and roofing was it. And then it kind of developed into I was really really good at getting deductibles.
1: What what was your dynamic with your new wife? Like uh, now that you had already had, let's talk about some of the lessons that yeah. you learned oh, there. Oh, gosh, yeah. Marriage number one versus marriage number two. Yeah. You're still married now. Yeah, thankfully. 32 years. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that's great. You got another opportunity and now you've yeah. found something so, else. So the
0: biggest thing I learned is you can't lie and live in happiness. Mm-hmm. In my first marriage, I just wasn't. I, I just wasn't my authentic self. Mm. So when we started dating, I determined what I thought, and this is kind of the sales guy coming out of me, but it's really the manipulator in me. Yeah. I was like, I know what she wants I'll just be and that. I'm going to be that. And so I mm-hmm. did. We had a very quick courtship and we married and like literally two and two and a half, three weeks into the marriage, she's like, I'm not sure what I got here because the real, listen, let me tell you something. You can only
1: fake it till you make it At, for so long. At yeah, exactly.
0: some point, who you really are, people are going to find out. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the big lesson that I learned. So after that, you know, I decided, love me or not, I'm going to be me. I love and that. And then I was blessed to meet the woman that I'm married to now for 32 years. Who loves you. And she, yeah, and she, she decided that she was going to help me. Stay authentic, <laughs> and I, you know, so it, much easier. It it is, and you know, if you're not hiding stuff and you're not trying to, you know, fake your way through life, it's just easier to breathe. You can, you
1: can breathe, know? yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can get off your shoulders. And so
0: that's the biggest lesson I learned, not just in marriage but in life. Mm. You have got to. We're all endowed, I feel, mm. with certain giftings and uniqueness. Mm. That the more we hide that, even if we don't think it's as accepted by people as we want it to be, when we live that, then we can produce into our environments something that's contributing. Mm. Because if we're, if I'm Are trying to- Are we at church? To, I love yeah. it. Amen. Preach. If I'm you, if I'm trying to, I see characteristic and traits in you, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying we shouldn't learn from each other, but if I try to build my life around what traits you exhibit, I lose my uniqueness and effectiveness that I was originally designed to be. So now I go like, this is who I am, and if it doesn't contribute to your life, it will somebody because here's what I believe: there's this gravitational force that all of us have that pulls things to us that belong to us, and that we can contribute to and create value with. But you only get if you're authentic. Exactly. So if I'm starting to be trying to be you, it's kind of hard. I can't exactly. How I can't draw out and get what I need out of life because it, there's no magnetism to it.
1: How do you measure yeah. being authentic versus working on yourself? Because well, you you had some things that you had to work on, yep. right? You couldn't ignore that and sweep that under the rug. Yep. And you wanted to stay true to yourself. So how do you work on yourself and still stay authentic?
0: Well, I think they're the one and the same. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm constantly aware, so I have this practice every day that where I am, constantly thinking about and actively aware of challenges that I know are here that have got to be developed and they're, I'm mindful of them and so my development is tied into my awareness. Do you have like an exercise every day you do? Well yeah I mean I, like some of my challenges I've named right I mean because they become companions of right. mine mm-hmm. and I can see them rear in their head and I have to shut them down so right. the development I need is just a lifelong Every day, breath by breath, process that keeps me authentic. Self awareness. Yeah, it's not just self awareness, but it's development. It's like she was talking about. The greatest enemy
1: that we have is the greatest, the enemy within.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Many times, our greatest weakness is just the flip side of our greatest strength.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you got to develop, and I mean, you've got to commit to that. And sometimes it's painful because we want to be affirmed and validated, and we, you know, we, we just. We're so vertically minded. And what I mean by that is we think if we can build our kingdoms wide. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when a storm hits, width doesn't keep you grounded. You know what it does? Depth. Mm-hmm. And depth comes from development. And depth comes from me saying I'm going to dig deep so that when challenges do come, I'm prepared for it. You're not swept away. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the problem you see with a lot of people is they, 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 they have built a lot of width. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, a lot of. This is it horizontal. Yeah, well, it's way, it's it's Not vertical. You horizontal, got it. Right? You got it. But not vertically. They're just not. They. They, they not have in no deep depth. Enough. They're not deep enough. And so we're impressed by their width, but the storms aren't unless they have depth.
1: Yeah. Right. And no power. And another part. So in our industry, right? Yeah. There's a lot of great men, a lot of great leaders who are not living to their full potential because yeah. they have not identified this. Right. A lot of people identify it sometimes when it's so late that you just gotta redirect, change yep. your game, change everything. How would you advise someone who maybe it's not too late for them to kind of figure out their current situation yep. and start trying to gain that depth?
0: Such a great question because what I really believe is it's never too late until I just quit, mm-hmm. right? I restarted at 50. That's terrifying. It, it, I mean, it's a little nerve wracking. It's freeing. But at yeah. the same time, when you get to a point where all else is over, you think unless you believe that you can always get back and redo stuff so uh, to your point I hear a lot of people talking about legacy Mm -hmm. and so legacy has an expiration date on it and what I believe is this the legacy I leave listen is the legacy I have lived and so if you want to change what people will think about you when you're gone it starts with the next decision you make today so as long as i've got the capability of decision making i can reshape whatever i am into whoever i need to be Mm -hmm. and so it's just but i mean it's just that you have to make the decision process and the biggest problem is most people don't want to put the work in i did i'm just like i am not i'm not in like this because i told my and you can ask my wife and son today i was always afraid that my legacy would be all about my setbacks i believe now once my story is told, there'll be more memory for my comeback than my setback.
1: Look at how many more people you impacted now, and you have the opportunity to get out in front of because of your story. While, even though maybe your journey started with being a pastor, and yeah. evangelist, which is very powerful, but there's yeah. something great for people who are meant to serve others. Yeah, maybe you're just meant to serve others in a greater way that was bigger than you could have ever dreamed. No of. doubt,
0: and I think that's again so well said because. Many times our aspirations were never intended for us Mm -hmm. because something jumps up and that like attracts us and we run after it. We're not prepared for it. But Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, I think that every step I take is ordered. Yeah. And even when I've stepped out, I can step back in. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I would say to people that are hearing this today is you have got to determine that what you are is not over what you can become is still available. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care your gender. It doesn't matter. Do you think mm-hmm. people are just scared of putting in the work, though? Or do you I, think there's they're no scared doubt of about change it. because it's the unknown? So that's an people interesting People are more scared to be
1: real with themselves, is my opinion. That's right. right. Like, you, uh, uh, you, you got to be real. I mean, he was real because he had no choice but to be real. Right. But how many of us wait for that moment to say, I'm going to be real? like? And that's Especially really what it is. Are good.
0: Yeah. yeah. You could be at the top and it could be horrible, in the back, in the, the, the closet, the skeletons, everything. that. Yeah. You, so you can horrible things going on. I want on. you to think about this. Recently, I just saw a, a series on TV about icebergs. Okay. okay. And they're beautiful, but the interesting thing about it for me was it showed in this documentary that less than 10% of what an iceberg is, is above the surface. Mm-hmm. The mass of it is under the surface and it's not the 10% above the surface that wrecked the titanic it was the 90% below the surface that they didn't see coming and so i think what happens to us is that we're trying to fix everything that doesn't change anything surface level all surface we i call them apples i mean it's the fruit of our life is seen by people around us so we like it's but that's the 10% of us yeah. I mean, we got so much more inside of us, and it's that inside of us that is what creates the outside of us. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. So, people try to change the fruit. The fact is, unless you change change. the root, the the fruit don't change. Mm -hmm. And so the dig for me is always this. I've got challenges inside of me that nobody sees, I don't talk about. Mm But I can't lie to myself. I heard somebody say this morning in a group call I was on, they said, you know, we need to quit lying to ourselves." I don't think you lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. I think you know when you're not telling yourself the truth. And then we use this camouflage. Of ignore. And the fact is, I know where I'm weak. And I know what I've got to do to change it. The question is, am I brave enough, courageous enough, am I going to put the work in for it? Mm-hmm. Because if you want you have the fruit of your life to change, dead gum rip the root up and start over. And that's where people don't want to work. It's just too hard. I mean, that's what people think, or it's not worth it. What
1: would be your encouragement to that person who's saying, maybe this is too hard. What can they look forward to within themselves? What's going to be on that other side of that hard work? You
0: got to admit, it's scary. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard. And I think the reality of it is everything that you had hoped for that you messed up in and you broke, you can fix but you've got to put your hand on the plow and start grinding. Listen, my wife, some of the mistakes I made, listen, it took 5 years for her to get past it. I don't know that she's ever passed everything, but I had to say to myself whether she's giving me the response I want or not, I'm grinding. I'm keeping I'm going to prove to her that this ain't happening again. I'm gonna, and so if you're willing to put the work in, I'm telling you everything you've hoped for and thought would happen to your life is still available. Keep grinding, pressing, and making better choices. That's what I would say. I love that, I, I love, love that. It.
1: Thank you so much for sharing thank thank you. your positivity, thank you. your great <laughs> message. I think there's so many people out there that can benefit from hearing, seeing someone's story, uh, putting yourself out there, yeah. letting people know what you've been through. So I appreciate you, we respect you, and amazing. we thank you for being I, on our show. And I
0: appreciate y'all and the work you do for our industry. Thank you appreciate so much. It. Thank, thank you.
1: you. Thank you everyone See for watching you. another episode of the Only Roofers podcast. Catch you guys on the See next you one.
0: Thank mm-hmm. you.